What's up, bitches? Welcome back to Manscaped, you sexy motherfuckers. Today I have a very special guest, my buddy from high school, Alex. He is from Kazakhstan, and he is sitting down with me. We're just going to talk some shit. I haven't seen him in quite some time. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by one of our favorite sponsors, Butt Pugs. Do you love dogs and butt stuff? Well, now we have a solution for that. 3D printed butt plugs for all your sweet anal needs. Alex, what is up, my brother? Hey, man, how's it going? Happy to be here, man. Dude, thanks for coming, man. I'm just living the fucking dream. I living the dream. What are you up to, buddy? Uh, not much, not much. Just finished celebrating New Year's today. That's pretty much it. Chilling at home now. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, perfect timing, actually. I didn't even plan this, but today is... Is this pronounced Kazakhstan? Kazakhstan. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, uh, it's Kazakhstan. Ooh, I was ooh, I was way off. I feel like nobody else would make that mistake. <laughs> Everyone does. Kazakhstan. <laughs> so today's Kazakhstan's uh, New Year. And so it's kind of like uh, America's New Year, right? You guys do some celebrating, some drinking? Uh, drinking not as much, because um, it's not, it's part of the culture, but on New Year's, it's not as big a deal. So people just get together during the day, uh, get some entertainment, um, usually in parks and uh, places like that, chill, cook food, eat, and go home. And then that's probably the time when they drink, but that's not really because of the uh, New Year's. It's just another reason to get fucked up. Yeah, for sure. So that that is a part of your culture then, just not out in public? And just not as a part of New Year's. It's just a uh, part of the today is an off day, so we might as well get drunk. Why not? Yeah, for sure. So uh, basically everybody's off work except for the vital workers, right? So just like here? Yeah, yeah. It's actually um, because we have like three days off and because there was a weekend, Right before that, uh, Saturday, Sunday, this year they decided to put it all together and give us like five days off, starting with Saturday all the way to Wednesday. Fuck yeah, dude. That's a yeah. straight vacation. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so you're taking this time to do all your moving, though. You're not getting a chill? You just no, doing no, a shit ton uh, of like packing uh, and stuff? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm moving right now from... Uh, I'm settling, actually. I've been moving around a lot the past few months, uh, traveling through quite a few, not a, quite a few, but like three, four countries. And um, this week I've decided to settle in my hometown for like two, three months period. So I got a, a couple of stuff, some furniture that I've been moving in. I think I'm finally done today. I just have, have some cleaning up to do at home and, you know, putting that furniture where it belongs. Yeah, for sure. Some tidying up. Um, do you, so this is where you've lived before. So you're familiar with this area? Yeah, it's my hometown kind of. I moved here. My parents moved here when I was like two, three years old. And I lived here up until 15, probably uh, until I went to the 10th grade in my high school. And after that, yeah, it's, I went to U.S., spent a year there, came back, applied to college, and moved to a much bigger city. So I actually haven't spent more than 
three days in this city ever since my 10th grade, you know? So. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so you, uh, you've been traveling since I met you. You've been up and at it. Yeah, pretty much. I did spend like uh, five, six years uh, in uh, Almaty. That's like the biggest city in the Kazakhstan. I went to college there and I, I still took my time to travel around, but I, I stayed there for a while, I guess. And that's where you said you studied there and did you dorm or did you have a place of your own there? Uh, no, I, I it, it, you can't say it's dorm, but it's not the dorm uh, f that's connected to college, you know, like my, uh, my hometown is less than an hour away. So they wouldn't let me to live in a dorm. They were like, wait, you, well, you're too close. You can just take a bus or drive your car and get here. We reserve dorm spots for those who live far, far away, you know. So I had to find a yeah. private dorm. Uh, so I lived there. Oh, yeah, that's bullshit. Was that yeah. more expensive? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. By far. <laughs> that sucks, man. What did you study over there? I, I haven't even, honestly, okay, I didn't really give a great intro to Alex, but Alex and I met in, what, 2000, you said 2006, right? Yeah, yeah, I That's when you came, came to over US. to the U.S. in 06. Okay, so Alex was a foreign exchange student, and he came to the U.S. in 06. I'm pretty sure we played symbols together, right? Yeah, yeah. Were you, you were in band? Yeah, okay. Well, I, in the beginning we given... played cymbals, but then I asked the teacher if I could upgrade to drums, and I started playing drums. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, yeah. Alex was like, this cymbal shit's bullshit, and he expanded, <laughs> which, I, if you notice from my previous Manscaped podcast, they always put the foreign exchange kids at cymbals. It's almost offensive, but yeah, it Alex, is, it what, is. what did you... <laughs> Yeah, it's a little offensive, right? For yeah. me, especially. They're like, Corey doesn't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> Corey is always playing symbols, but all those foreigners yeah, who don't know fucking... shit, yeah, you gotta do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, I, it helped me a lot. I got to hang out with all these foreign exchange kids, had a great life, so yeah. suck a dick, man. Exactly. It expands your uh, culture, it expands uh, your knowledge about the That's world, right. so you got the better part of it, man, than those kids who played other instruments. <laughs> Exactly. Fuck those kids, dude. If I, I'm pretty confident. If I were to get on a plane right now and come to Kazakhstan, would I have a floor to sleep on over there? Of course, man. Of course, yeah. man. There's yeah, no exactly. problem. You have a floor to sleep. Uh, not the floor. You have a bed to sleep on and you have a drink. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, I didn't ask that much, man. I'd be fine with a carpet. Hey, if you come <laughs> to the countries that used to be a, a part of the Soviet Union, a drink is a, a must. <laughs> It's yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So uh, Alex was uh, he's a great friend of mine. We played soccer, did some band together, and we just had a great time when he was in the states. Um, he was here for about a year, and he foreign exchange student. So uh, who were you hosting? Who was your host family? Hamiltons, Pamela and Ike Hamiltons. The Hamiltons. Yeah, and they were older people, right? Um, it depends on what you mean by that. So <laughs> uh, they were 40-something years old during the time they hosted oh, me. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, okay. I thought they were elderly. So no, I no, knew no. some of some of the kids. Okay, so they weren't elderly. 
Um, Igor, how was, was your host the, the same Igor. Year. Yeah, he actually stayed with yes. my grandparents, basically. Well, I call uh, uh, Hamilton's, like, my, they're my family, so their mom and uh, dad, but um, the grandparents, Igor stayed with them. So they were, you could say, elderly, you know, older people. Now, was, so I know one uh, exchange student, he actually saved one of the host parents. Do, do he you know saved my that? grandfather. Yeah, I know that. That happened was like two Igor? years after me. No, no, no. That happened like two years after us, I think. And uh, my grandfather, uh, unfortunately, he's passed away since then. But, um, sorry, yeah. but at some point, there uh, he... He got out of the house, went to his car, uh, and he actually had his uh, grandchild, like uh, by blood, I mean grandchild, uh, uh, Carson. I think he was probably two years old at the time. So that was the next year after me. But, but anyways, he, he started having some uh, troubles with his breathing and I think his heart. And he put uh, the baby down and... Luckily, he had the strength to press the panic button on the car remote. And the car started going off. Uh, people started coming out of the house. And this kid, I I'm sorry, I don't remember his name, but... Uh, I, think, I think it was pneumonia. Yeah, I think so, too. So pneumonia. he started doing CPR, and he did save his life. That kid is awesome, man. Holy shit. Well, that's really the only good thing he did. I didn't like Nemo. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> well, I've never met No, him. no, he I've wasn't never... the best. He, he yeah, saved he, my granddad's life, right. so I'm really happy about that. I'm grateful yeah. for that. I, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, he fucking, he can be as big of an asshole as he wants. He saved a fucking life. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think we'll take it. Exactly. <laughs> so, so how did you like your uh, stay in the States? Because that was your first time in the U.S., right? Was it your first time across seas? Or? Yeah, yeah. Bef uh, before that, I haven't really been anywhere outside my country. Uh, like, my mother took me alongside with her when she went to Russia, to Moscow, but I was like three, four years old, so that, that, that doesn't count. I don't count that. Yeah, uh, but you don't remember anything. Exactly. So uh, ever since I reached the age of understanding the world around me and comprehending stuff, I haven't been anywhere. But going to U.S., that was, of course, a big change in scenario and just cultural differences, all that. So I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And so much to do. The right thing uh, was that my host parents put me in a position where I was busy and there was always something I could do. First of all, it's interesting. Second of all, you don't have uh, homesickness. You don't have the time to sit around and feel sorry for yourself. Like, oh, I miss my friends uh, from back there. I miss my family, you know, that's just a waste of time. You didn't have time for that. Yeah, ain't nobody yeah. got time for that. So. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah. So my overall experience was awesome there, man, and just having so many uh, friendly people over there. I'll admit there were a couple of assholes. We won't name names, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're always yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know who you are, <laughs> yeah. you pieces of shit. <laughs> they're always assholes everywhere. So 
that's all cool. Absolutely, dude. It's like a fucking plague. <laughs> um, when you got off the plane, like, what? What's the first thing about the states that you noticed? Like, holy shit, this is not Kazakhstan. Like, what was your first um, idea of the country? Because you, you you see a lot of film and stuff from the U.S. Yeah, right? exactly. Is that I imagine. So, first of all, that happened more than ten years ago. So. Uh, my memory is already shady, right? But uh, on the other yeah, hand, yeah. I've watched movies, so I had a bit of an expectation. And ever since I found out that I was going to U.S., I found out this town that where I was going, so I googled the shit out of it, right? Oh, yeah. And you found nothing, I'm sure. <laughs> no, no, no. I... <laughs> you probably saw farmland and coon dog trials. That's all you saw. I found high school, too. <laughs> That's right. That's about it. Yeah. But uh, I would say you... the mentality. Like, it, it didn't happen right away on the first day or second day, but the difference in mentality is what struck me the most. And it's something I valued a lot. The way people look yeah, at life, absolutely. the way people try to understand uh, their involvement in life on a bigger scale you know especially now that uh, i grew up and i started getting into the adult stuff let's say and by that i don't mean anything but <laughs> anything but about yeah, yeah. sex or but i mean you might consider it a, a simple thing but how much you pay taxes where the taxes go or how much the political you can influence the political system or just social life around you i found that people in the u.s have a better feel on the pulse in the u.s than in kazakhstan of the, yeah of the government itself or? yeah yeah people here yeah. people in kazakhstan don't really give a fuck that much because their opinion hey i live well I'm, we're not in the war everything is great and there are a couple of things we're displeased with but Hey, what can you do? And they leave it at that. That's the average opinion, you know. Absolutely. So uh, that was like a uh, common thing. Now, when it comes to personality, did you see anything, any differences with the U.S.? Because I imagine like, like you said, everywhere has assholes and pieces of shit. Did, did people treat you differently because you're from another place? Or did you actually appreciate how people were to you when you got here? Well, it's not uh, one doesn't go against another. So <laughs> people did treat me differently, uh, especially yeah, the yeah. first half a year, because my accent was pretty strong. Uh, but at the same time, I appreciated a lot of it. And uh, first half a year, people would understand that I'm a foreigner. But after the half, uh, the ha after half a year passed, I adapted. And there were times, like, we played soccer together, right? But then I went on to play yeah. basketball. So what happened at some point is there was a, this turning point uh, where people stopped believing me I was a foreigner. Really? Yeah, that happened. Uh, That's amazing. I would talk to people like we would travel to road games. And after the game, we would stick around and talk to some 
people mostly were girls but we would hang out Ladies. yeah and they would be like <laughs> you know guys would do like, hey that's uh, the foreigner you know he's exchange student he's pretty cool and i would start talking to them and like you're bullshitting us now i'm like yeah for real i'm from they another thought- country <laughs> They thought you were fucking around with your accent? Yeah, they. first of all, they didn't That's hear ridiculous. the accent that well. They were like, you sound pretty American. You know, I might have an accent now again, because I've spent quite a lot of time back in my home country and Russia and a few other countries. But when I lived in the U.S. for half a year straight, and, you know, it's speaking English all the time. Like now, if I go there... Yeah, that, that's uh, all you spoke. Yeah. Yeah. So it was school from morning to afternoon, then practices, and even in practices, there's a lot of communication. So after half a year, the accent just disappeared, and people stopped believing me. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, dude. Um, did you uh, did you ever get over the homesickness? Just because you you said you were super busy, like was that even a thing for you? Because I I talked to a couple other the exchange students and. There's always that yearning to see your family and shit. But for you, I mean, you fit in really well. And so did most of them. A couple of them didn't. Nemanja. But um, you fit in. <laughs> I'm just fucking it out. But you fit in pretty well, right? I mean, you had a great, great set of friends. Everybody liked you a lot. Did that help with the whole uh, being in a different country, staying away from your family and stuff? For sure. For sure. I feel like uh, I had a great support system behind me. And um, I had a lot of friends. I had uh, good friends. And uh, I must say the biggest support was uh, my host family. That's where um, they made me feel so at home that I didn't feel homesickness. There was a moment of time where I did feel it for a bit. But it was kind of... a lot of stuff going to shit, you know, tough, tough, tough time at school, um, a couple of uh, things happened with some people who were assholes to me and uh, shit escal- escalated a little bit, and then, like... Here in the States? Yeah, yeah, well, there were a couple of times. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> no, but you gotta realize, a year is a long time. And that happened for like two, three yeah. days. So it's nothing in comparison. Out of out of 365, I think, yeah. Exactly, okay. exactly. So uh, I just feel like it's worth mentioning that I did go through, like there was a moment, but it was just a moment. It was two, three days, and that's pretty much yeah. it. So um, being from another country, when it came to making friends, that wasn't hard for you. But being... Being your age, you're obviously interested in the opposite sex. Did you find that like uh, difficult to mingle with the American ladies, like Corey Serber did, or did you find being uh, foreign like kind of an eclectic taste? Like, did that help you at all? I or? think that was an advantage. No name drops. I had, of course, no name drops. Yeah, but I feel like no name drops. Being a foreigner just helped you to break the ice, because usually that's the most difficult thing to do. When you start the conversation uh, and there is that awkward moment or like there was, you know, you just going through your mind thinking of what you should talk about. You're trying to figure out what the person you're interested in 
is interested in. You know what I mean? Like what they are looking for. Yeah. As or at least pretend. Or at least pretend they care. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah. being a foreigner, that helped a lot because I could just start talking and they listen and. A lot of times I wouldn't even talk that much. I would ask a question and they would be like, no, no, no. We just want to hear you talking. Like, say something. I was like, what? Say anything. We just want to hear your accent. You know, <laughs> shit got simple like Jesus that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, man. but uh, also so, talking to American girls was pretty easy for me in comparison. Because here, like in Kazakhstan, the culture is more conservative. And the girls feel like they're taught that they shouldn't talk as much as they should listen and all that, uh, which I don't find, which I find wrong. But so when I went to US and girls would be open, basically they would be themselves. But for me, it was, oh, girls actually like, I don't have to hustle to talk to girls a lot of times they are more open to conversations and they start topics you know they approach me a lot of times uh, that just made things easier was that weird for you seeing that these girls like had because I, I feel like they're like very shy if they're in your culture if it's uh if they're taught to like stay away from approaching you and speaking first, was that crazy for you? Because that would blow my fucking mind if I went to a country like that. I expected, like, I did my research and I knew that the U.S. is far more liberal, and that for me was always the standard. You know, from pretty young age, uh, I had a problem with the way the culture has been set up here. Um, well, by here I mean Kazakhstan. Uh, there, whatever. <laughs> I, I'm currently in my hometown, yeah. so that's why I'm saying here. But still counts, yeah. Yeah. So when the girls started approaching me and all that, I was like, "That's how it should be," you know. That's what I've been missing back home. That's what been making me mad about the way culture is uh, in Kazakhstan. So I was really cool with that, and it didn't surprise me. Do you think you uh, America rubbed off on you at all, or the U.S.? Did, did you take any of this back with you? You think? Like, was it hard to settle back down? You think? I imagine. <laughs> yeah, Dude, no shit. I still, what was the hardest thing to bring? U.S. broke me. U.S. broke me completely. I can never yeah. get adapted back to the way I used to be, or, like, you know, when I see things still being the way they are in Kazakhstan, I just get mad. I try to change people because, you know, if you want to change the world, start with yourself, right? So if I see something mm -hmm. that I don't like and I feel like it should be more progressive or things like that, I start speaking my mind, try to enforce my opinion, uh, not to enforce it, but, you know, just put a little pressure on it so people get my point and they go in that direction. And it's a lot of frustration. <laughs> Uh, but what can you do? But U.S. Act, U.S. changed me so much. It's just I got a. As I said, I it always felt right to me. So when I got to U.S. and uh, the culture felt like it was my own, you know, like the culture that was in U.S. was so 
close to me. That's what I ex- wanted it to be. That's how I thought the world should be. I was like, oh, finally, that's great. I'm just being myself now. And then when I got back to Kazakhstan, if before that I just thought, uh, you know, there's maybe I'm wrong, maybe that, like whatever. But when I got back from US, I was like, dude, you should change it all, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Do you think they're on the path to changing or do you think they're pretty set in their ways? Oh, no. Uh, Kazakhstan is very progressive uh, uh, in, you know, relatively to other uh, countries uh, that are Muslim populated. Kazakhstan is actually like, um, it's not religious, religion based, but the the biggest population, chunk of the population is Muslim. There, there are many religions and more than a hundred nationalities. Kazakhstan is one of the more diverse uh, countries in Central Asia or Eurasia. Um, that, that's why people are used to having a lot of different cultures around them. But still, it takes time because uh, families pass on their views on the world, right? So they teach their kids to be the way the way they are, and kids rebel. They change a little bit. They become more progressive, and then it's up to the next generation to become more progressive, and so on and so forth. It takes time, but the more you know, with every five ten year period, you see changes, and the country is more and more progressive. And don't think that people here, like girls, go uh, walk around here in hijabs and stuff. No, no, th- that's not a thing. The, no, yeah. Nobody yeah. walks... Like, no. there are a couple of girls that you might see in hijabs, <clears throat> but that's because their family, like, really pressed onto the religion thing. But... Uh, well, you get that here, too. Yeah. But that's a, a few, like, yeah. you might find two, three girls out of thousands. You know, if not more, that's a rare thing. So we're not like uh, Iran or something, you know, like people here stand and people get a little on edge because there's like Afghanistan, Pakistan. But Stan actually is um, like a Turk, not like a Turkish, but Turk word for a place of stay. So Kazakhstan is like a place where Kazakhs stay. It's just that that language back in the day, like six, seven centuries ago, went through the region and uh, it became like the root of many languages. So, but Kazakhstan is one of the more progressive countries in the world. I mean, especially when it comes to Muslim majority. Absolutely. Um, I honestly, that I think it's good when a country isn't fully involved or uh, evolved around a religion because religion, while it serves great for the person studying it, for a, a country, it can be so dangerous. Yeah, um, getting everybody to a single uh, single mindset can be terrifying because obviously um, everybody has a different path and a different walk and if you govern your country by one belief that's that's dangerous so it's awesome that your country kind of strayed away from that. yeah there is truth in saying that i'm being i'm being repetitive but truth is born in the argument there is a saying like that so if there is no argument and everyone follows the same guidelines a country can 
uh, walk into a, uh, a disaster, you know, or just walk the wrong path, which will bring the destruction or, or something like that. But if there are people who are willing to ask questions and just uh, have an argument, simple as that, uh, it can ra raise many interesting questions and lead to an interesting answer that will be much better off for the country. Absolutely. Uh, where's your country with like um, illegal things versus the U.S. like their law? Like, because um, I know in Kazakhstan it's illegal to partake in marijuana and any other illicit drugs. Is that? But alcohol is just fine, correct? Yeah, yeah. Alcohol. Now, are there people in your? Now, are there people in your country that believe that alcohol and marijuana should be uh, protected the same routes, or is that just not there yet where you're from? Um, I would say there are people like that, of course, and uh, Kazakhstan, in the region where the country is located, and for those who doesn't know, uh, Kazakhstan is a neighbor to the no I'll list a couple of countries. Uh, on the north of the Kazakhstan, there is Russia. On the east side, there is China. On the south side, there is Kyrgyzstan, and like on the southwest there are two three countries and you know there we have like six or seven neighbors i'm not sure on the exact number but uh in the region that we are located in kazakhstan is a bit famous for marijuana but for this one thing only we have a field um like on the south of the country there is a field where uh, wild marijuana grows and no matter how hard the country oh. has been trying, they can't wipe it out, right? So it keeps growing and growing and growing because you can't keep Oh, God. For... <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. They're trying to destroy it? Yeah, they've been trying for years and years, man. <laughs> oh, my God. What a beautiful problem that. Yeah, so we, like, there are a few people who would uh, try and harvest it. And... Um, you sell it for consumption consumption within the country and send it over over the border uh, mostly to russia um, and there's actually an interesting te technique to this it, it makes marijuana much worse but as far as i heard the, the popular way that people do it is there is a, first of all i should say there is a patrol on that field cops on horses because cars can drive through the field constantly yeah so they constantly patrol okay. on horses during the time when it's blooming like when it's full on ready for harvest they patrol it all the time so people would get like a backpack put some food in there some drinking water and go on like a three-day um journey right they get there they have a little shuffle with them shovel with them and they will cut, cut up like uh, 10 15 big plants or whatever i don't know like honestly that those are the stories i've heard and uh it's just a tale yeah <laughs> so uh, in order not <laughs> to get caught they cut up uh, these plants they dig a hole in the ground they have like plastic bag they put all that weed in that plastic bag and they bury it right and then and they leave 
And once like three, four months passes, when it's time, like when it's the, close to the end of December or mid-January or whatever, they go back to that spot and they dig it up because now there are no cops. So they dig it up and they oh uh, take it with them and sell whatever they do with it, you know. <laughs> How do they get around the cops while they're patrolling? They just sneak in there. And they crawl. Or... The weed is like, uh, what, five, six feet high, maybe seven. So they just, yeah. uh, they either walk or crouch. So or... this is a massive. Huh? It's gigantic. Yeah. It's a massive field. Yeah, dude, the field is gigantic. It's in acres. It's acres and acres of it. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I've never even heard of that, dude. That's awesome. They're trying to destroy it. Yeah. So why? So, what's the argument in your country? Why isn't it fully legal? Like, uh, here people say it makes you stupid, or they still have that yeah. what we call reefer madness. Yeah, that's like, pretty much the same it's thing. A fucking, pretty much the same thing, man. And uh, a lot of it uh, is from the political point of it. You know, people. Uh, I just don't like it. I mean, uh, up in the high ranks of the political machine, people uh, don't find it useful, but find it harmful. So it's illegal. That's bullshit, man. That's crazy, though. I'm I'm glad we talked about that. I didn't <laughs> know that was a fucking thing. Yeah, what age people do you guys start? What age do you guys start drinking over there? The legal age is eighteen. Oh, okay. so I I was talking to my buddy Nick, and his he's been drinking since he was fifteen. So when he came over to the states, it was like, oh shit, yeah, like, dude, you don't want to know the you, time you weren't even drinking. The age I started over. drinking, I was probably like twelve, pretty young. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, man. shit. Back in the day when I was a kid, the thing it wasn't regulated as much. And even in the stores, like even though it was illegal on the law, like based on the law, it wasn't legal to sell to kids or for kids to buy it. But nobody gave a fuck. So I, I was like 12, 13. Really? I could walk in and buy a bottle of vodka and walk out and start drinking it. Nobody would give a fuck. I mean, like on the street, some like especially women, like men wouldn't say shit, but women would be like, "Hey, kid, what, what the fuck are you doing? You know, take a look at yourself. You can't. You shouldn't be doing that. Look, at, think about your mom or something like that." But uh, you could buy it in any shop. Was that common for kids that age, or were you just like a early bloomer? Um, it was common, I would say, especially in a small town. Like I grew up in this small town of forty thousand people, so it uh, there's nothing to do. But that's not an argument. I'll be the first to say it. You can't be like, "Hey, I start drinking because there wasn't shit to do." No, that's a bullshit argument. Amen. <laughs> dude. That's an argument for heroin in a lot of the small towns. That's bullshit. Everybody's argument. like, "There's nothing to do here." That's why there's. That's bullshit. Yeah. Get a goddamn get a Rubik's cube, motherfucker. Yeah. Go and work. Start doing some shit. I'm not even you know talking about like yeah. hard hard work, but go do something with yourself. You'll you'll earn Just, a little bit of yeah. cash on the side and. Get experience. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so so that, um, I started drinking. Uh, it's always like that, right? It's the company. We say it's like a bad company, but 
when like if I were hanging out with I hope I won't offend anyone but I'll say nerds <laughs> fuck no fuck the nerds dude <laughs> so if I hang out with nerds I probably would not have started drinking but it was uh, like the street life and shit and like even in school I studied pretty well but I always tried to fit in and it was a bit of a survival thing going on there uh, so like we would ha- hang out until late in the night and it's this, it's a city it's not like a suburban america you know uh, even though it's 40,000 people we, uh, in Kazakhstan, there are like apartments, apartment buildings, five stories, nine stories high. So uh, things are compacted and like you walk around, you, you, you just hang out, you know, and there are plenty of people in, that you could get into conversations with and just chill. So somebody would find some liquor, and I'm not talking about beer. Beer at that point wasn't liquor already. Like it's nor it would it wasn't pretty normal. But people started getting into like harder stuff like uh, vodka, and it would be like, "Hey, we're drinking. You wanna?" It wasn't like, "Hey, you have to drink." Nobody said that. But you know how uh, if there are six people and five are drinking, and you hang out with them all the time, you don't want to stick out, right? You're like, okay, I'll have a drink. Yeah. So that's... It's like implied. You have to be cool. Yeah, yeah. It's implied to drink. Yeah, You either drink or that happens two, three times and you don't hang out with them anymore. They just don't call you with them anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody wants to be a fucking nerd. Exactly. I'm sure that was a thing. That's pretty much how it happened with me that I got into harder liquor. Thankfully, it didn't fuck my life up. So... That's all good. <laughs> no, you seem fine, dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you remember the first time you drank? Um, like that, the first time you got wasted. Wasted. Because at twelve, off. I imagine it was like a drink. Yeah, I remember the first time I <laughs> like drank what? hard liquor, and I remember the first time I got fucked up. Like I got real. Like that was the first. Okay, so the my trip to the U.S. as an exchange student, right? Uh, in order to get into that program, I had to pass three three stages. The first stage was you have to an- within two minutes you have to answer fifteen out of sixteen questions correctly to pass. And then, Jesus. yeah, and then right, it's all about not knowing English, so it was English based. Uh, one of those sixteen questions was, by the way, for me like. Something about what street in New York has the statue statue of somebody. And I was sitting there. I went through all the other questions. Uh, it was grammar-based and just, you know, about language. But there, I was like, how the fuck am I supposed to know this? So I just guessed, like, it was the multiple, cho- multiple choice questions. So I was like, I don't know. Fuck it. I, I just made a guess. And I was thinking to myself, damn, if uh, I'm pretty sure, like, there is a 75% chance that I'm wrong, right? And I was thinking, yeah. if I fucked up on one of the other 15, I automatically am eliminated. And I was kind of worried about it. So about two hours passed, and they released the 
as the results for it and i passed i, I answered the other 15 correctly maybe that one was they never say how many you got right they just say okay you got 15 out of 16 at least you passed like they don't say if it was all 16. you know the answer now right dude i don't remember the question <laughs> oh okay so then the like the second was uh, the second stage was right away and it was like four hour test that was like listening writing and reading shit like that and i got through all that and that evening, it was about 9 o'clock in the evening when I got back to my hometown, because the test was in a bigger city where I went to college, like an hour away. I got back home, and it was my boy's birthday, right? Like, my, I had, like, three friends, and he was one of them. It was his birthday. And I'm like, hey, dude, I'm back. And he's like, yeah, come over. You are late by, like, three hours already. I'm like, okay, okay. So we get there, and... Uh, I'm, we are all like 13, right? At the time I was, oh, 14, sorry, 14. And there's hard liquor on the table and no parents. Cause par parents say like, that's what I'm talking about. The culture and that people didn't give a fuck. Parents bought that fucking liquor and they just left the house. They're like, okay, really? you guys have a good time. We're all going. And we're like 14, 15. So they pour me like a glass of vodka. 40%, I mean, you say 80% proof, 80 proof, but that's, you know, there is a conversion thing, but whatever. That's high, yeah. Jeez. So they pour me a whole no, glass. I get that. Yeah, and they're like, okay, that's like the, you fucked up, so you have to drink it now, because you're late. And they were all being uh, fucking assholes, like, oh, could you do it? Can you do it? You know, I was like, bitch, I can drink too. Like, okay, okay. Shit. So they poured me another one, right? So I drink one after another, like a full glass, and then another glass, and they're like, "Okay, eat some." Of just pure vodka, just pure pure liquor? vodka, pure vodka, dude. Fuck you! You're a madman, dude. That's psychotic. Yeah. So they're like, "Okay, eat something," because it's like a cultural thing. You take a shot of vodka, but usually it's like a hundred milligrams, no, fifty milligrams, uh, milliliters. But it's the same thing, you know. If it's water or vodka, it's the same. So I drank two hundred and another two hundred, so four hundred. Basically, that's almost a bottle in one try. I was like, okay, eat something. I'm and like, you were younger. You were young. Yeah, 14 years old. So I was like, eat something. Oh. Bitch, I'm not going to eat anything. I'm cool. I got this. <laughs> so, oh we're just sitting at the table uh, having a laugh. And then five minutes later, they pour me another drink. And I realized that I'm getting fucked up. So like, okay, let's drink, let's drink. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm not going to show anybody that I got drunk. I'm just going to act naturally, you know. So I, I drank another glass. And yeah, half an hour later, I was dancing and all that shit. And I was fucked up. So that's the first time I remember getting drunk. <laughs> Jesus, dude. Did you piss your pants or No, that no, night? no. I've never done that. No, no, no. I've never pissed my pants. You've never pissed your No, no. I've pissed... Wait, why? Is that like stupid to do the, well it's not stupid to do i'm just hey dude no judgment or anything it's just i'm hey, saying man, I've never why done is, that. It, is that a big deal <laughs> no. 
<laughs> Dude, I I pissed myself like thirty times at college. Oh Jesus! I was bad with alcohol. That if some people puked, some people fought. I pissed my pants. Okay, dude. okay. I, I my bladder is the the size of a twenty. Okay, Very I got you. And you were bladder. probably getting drunk on beer, right? Yes, yeah, yes. Okay. It was it was different. Okay, yeah. No, it no. Took crazy amounts. For me to get fucked up, I need what to drink hard uh, liquor. Beer doesn't get me. I can drink sixteen balling, bottles of beer and uh, I won't get fucked up. Isn't that crazy, man? Is that not a thing in your country? Because I, I wish you would have been around for the beach days. <laughs> so we had this apartment up in uh, Bowling Green, uh-huh. right beside Finley. And uh, we would just have giant parties, man. You would have had so much fun. But uh, people are trying to get to the bottom of 30 beers. Oh. It's such a stupid thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could take four shots and it'd be equivalent. Exactly. You know? It's not as hard on your body, man. The things that I mean, you don't get the the calories. Yeah, and also the liver, man. Is hard liquor isn't good for the liver either. But if you're drinking thirty bottles or cans of beer, man, your liquor is doing some hard work. Yeah, yeah, it's got to filter through all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. I imagine. I'm not a scientist, <laughs> but. <laughs> Um, so you studied in right beside Kazakhstan, you said, or wait, inside of Kazakhstan. Yeah, yeah, it, it was uh, an hour college. away from my hometown, but it was like a bigger city. It, it used to be the capital, but they moved it from the south. Uh, the city is really close to the, our south neighbors, and they moved the capital uh, to the north because uh, for political reasons and geographical reasons, just, you know, that closer to Russia rather than closer to our south neighbors who had a much more unstable political regime. So in case we go to war, it's just like there's there was an hour drive from the border to the city. So if it's the capital, it's just politically not good to have it there because it can be overtaken much quicker than if you move it up north. So that's why they moved it. But so there, there is a legitimate reason, a legit reason to do it. Yeah, yeah. So they moved it uh, in the nineties, I think. Uh, but this, this city Almaty still remained the commercial hub, and just everything hub uh, of the country. That other city was just chosen as a good location for the capital, and it took quite a few years to build it up. Um, but. Yeah, still, I, I find it as uh, Almaty as a better city. I went to college when there. When you were studying in the university, yeah, what? how was that? Like, uh, Well, first, I want to know what you studied, but uh, how was the uh, the party scene? Was that like a thing that you guys did, or were you already accustomed to drinking that it was just so normal? Because for uh, Americans, a rite of passage is college. Uh-huh. Like me, I didn't touch a drop of alcohol until I hit college. <laughs> and and um, as he takes a shot, respect. God damn, you're a badass. Uh, <laughs> when I went to college, like um, I, we drank beer and it was, for me, the first time. So I went all out. I pissed on every couch in North America. <laughs> for you guys, <laughs> were you already accustomed to drinking or was it like uh, still like a party central? Well, I went. I went to college. I'm not here to brag or anything, but I went to the best college in my country. Please do. 
<laughs> At least in nice. my opinion. Nice. Uh, and that yeah, college uh, was pretty baller, and people there were pretty much uh, people who went to study there were on another level than other colleges in the country. So I've heard plenty of stories from other colleges where people. Um, especially who lived in dorms, they would have the drinking parties or whatever parties and girls stripping on the table and stuff like that. For me, in my college, that was unheard of, you know, because uh, you guys were straight to the books. Uh, yeah, and study. even if um, <clears throat> even if not that. The way we partied is we went to restaurants and cafes and we would order alcohol and we would dance on the dance floor and then we would go everyone to their own homes, you know, houses or whatever. <clears throat> we didn't have this. We wouldn't have it in like a room or an apartment or a house and just go all bananas, right? Uh, yeah. Like... Um, respectable people who have certain positions in the government or are just very successful businessmen and all that they send their kids to that college and those kids come in how did you get into that uh, well uh, thanks to my parents they helped me out a lot um i did have like there was a moment of time where i had to go to work in order to supplement uh, my fees for studying there uh, but they gave me a great boost and uh, basically carried me through that college time for a bigger chunk of it especially considering that we don't take uh, loans on colleges you either have the money to what? go to college or you don't and you don't go to college it, it it might be better that way because <laughs> I, my children, when I die, uh -huh. my kids are going to get my college loans. Oh, so really? They're not going to. It's transferable. <laughs> fuck <huh>? those guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I don't know. But fuck them. <laughs> they don't exist well, yet. On the, on so one you actually had to pay out of pocket yeah, for that Yeah, you got a pocket and it wasn't cheap. Uh, fuck. Uh, yeah, since it was the best college uh, in uh, the country. Like, there was only one college that was more expensive than mine. But right now, 10 years later, since I went, since I applied to the college, right? 10 years passed since I just applied to the college. That other one that was more expensive... It already is not a college. Wow. <laughs> so, Even though it was more expensive, is that a it, it was thing just or? a shit college. Uh, the quality uh, really went down even more and they had to merge with with another college and all that so the college i went to that was the only college that since day one everything was taught in english even though it's kazakhstan okay, so, so everything is taught in english so it's a pre prerequisite to go there was to speak fluent yeah english. you had to pass an exam in english just like if you can pay and you got all the other shit uh, on lock, you still had to pass their personal exam, like not the you know universal exam or ACT, even though we have that or um, IELTS or whatever. They don't accept that. They have their own test and they check you. So if you can't get through that, you cannot study there. 
and Jesus, yeah, so, so. everything. Uh, like for me, coming from US, that wasn't that hard. But for other kids who just learned English in schools. You know, imagine like you learning Spanish in school, right? And then trying to go to a college that teaches in Spanish only, right? <laughs> I'd be fucked. I'd know how to get to the bathroom. <laughs> Permitame al baño. That's all I got. Yeah, yeah. Now imagine chemistry and physics and all that shit, right? Oh, no, no. I'd be yeah. fucked. So you had a leg up. You you had already dove into that yeah, English culture. Yeah. And all so, the teachers yeah, there, most of them were international teachers. They were uh, invited into the country and specifically by that college to teach. And that was a great part of it. That's what made the college the best because there were American teachers and like British teachers, teachers from India, and like you know, don't hate on India. Like I know everyone is used to like hello and all that shit, customer support. But there are plenty of smart people in India, and they speak English. So like we had a very good base that set us up. And what I really loved is that they prepared us for an international system, like. If you study tax codes and just some, yeah, I never said what I was studying. So <laughs> let me say a little yeah, bit yeah, about I that. Talk about that. Yeah. So uh, I studied business administrations and finance. And uh, okay. once I was done there, I went to another college that was much cheaper, uh, but I just wanted to get the knowledge. So I, I studied economics in another university and uh, went through that as a my, uh, another major, you know, second major. Basically, business administration was my major and finance was my minor in this first college. And then I studied economics as a major in another college. Uh, but they prepared us for international systems, and that helped us a lot. Maybe it hurt some people who ended up working here in Kazakhstan because they had to relearn many things, just the system. But for me, hey, fuck it. I got the best of it. <laughs> That's right. Did, do you find a job with what you studied? Like, are you doing international shit? Well, I did some freelance, but uh, my main thing is my own business. Uh, that's why I went into business administration because I've always you want to be your own yeah, boss. Yeah, that's actually pretty much what I wanted to say. I didn't want to work for uh, Uncle Tom or whatever, you know. Like I know Uncle Tom has diff many different yeah, exactly. The man that's a better word because Uncle Tom has different meanings, especially in different cultures. Um, but the man you call him Uncle Tom? No, we have a different name for it, but. On the fly, uh, that kind of came to my mind. Like, imagine, oh, imagine okay. uh, the yeah. most popular name or whatever. You could say Mr. Smith, you know, working for Mr. Smith. That's how uh, we big, say it. Big brother. Uh, no, big yeah, brother yeah. is like the government, right? Yeah, yeah, essentially. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you wanted to be, you wanted to be top yeah. dog. You wanted to be the Yeah, alpha. yeah, that's my thing. It can raise you Fuck to yeah, the dude. top How's and it can score? bring you down, but I don't know another way. <laughs> that's right, and that that's kind of the consensus in the states. Um, typically, if you go for yourself, I'd say uh, like 
75% of people fail. So it's terrifying to try to jump to that. Now, where you come from, is it kind of a ballsy move too, or is it a smart move to be your own boss? Mm, I wouldn't say it's like a really smart move. And um, it's somewhat ballsy, but I would say this. Much uh, like the average Joe thinks it's a much ballsier move than it truly is. And I'll tell you why. The government here is much more relaxed. The government, uh, the tax code is much more relaxed. Dude, if you're not a corporation, if you're just a private owner, uh, private business owner, like you set your business up, not as uh, incorporated, but as a, just the business owner, like there are several mm, levels to it, right? The most you have to pay is a flat 10% tax and that's not that much the most yes the most and uh, no. there were businesses that i had uh, where i used a patent like there is a system of a patent uh, no, oh, no i didn't use the patent um, like there is a patent system but there is this thing called the simplified um tax system where you uh show how where you show the business structures that you have and you basically explain that it's nothing out of uh, out of ordinary like you're not dealing with any dangerous materials you're not dealing with um, political influences or journalism uh, that can impact the country. Giant weed farms. Yeah, yeah, anything like that. So yeah, none of that shit. Like 80-85% of the business falls under this category where you can apply for a simplified tax code and the most you have to pay is 3% on your all on your whole um cycle basically. What on your whole net flow uh not your profit but your just on everything yeah your in uh, fuck me dude yeah years years of doing <laughs> business in kazakhstan yeah. i forgot uh, quite a few terms in english i guess but uh, and you know doing it on a spot but anyways your inflow your yeah, inflow yeah. money so it's a different world, dude. Yeah. You can uh, don't beat yourself up. It's a whole different <laughs> yeah. universe. As a businessman, you can choose. Like uh, the best thing is, you choose between two versions. One is you pay ten percent on your profits, or you pay three percent on your whole overall flow of money. And that depends on okay. what you do, right? So, for example, if you se if you sell uh, a couple of things that you put a giant giant margin on if you uh, put th a three um, you have a big margin so taxing that margin at 10 percent might not uh, might have might cost you uh, much more in taxes than three percent on the overall price after this after you sell it you know what i mean so yeah. it depends on so, I mean, how much you make. You're you're talking, you're talking from a businessman standpoint. Yeah. You got to remember, like, 
uh, me and most people aren't as savvy as you. Because <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I have an idea of yeah, what you're talking about. I tried about. to explain it pretty simply. Basically, you there are two formulas, and you decide what's better for you to pay three percent on. Uh, how much a person gives you for the product or to pay 10% on how much you made from selling that product at the end yeah. of the day yeah for sure so i mean are you liking the whole you being in charge thing is it going well like for paying everything is it a good move um i like not answering anybody <laughs> that's something i like yeah. oh my god That'd be I like to wake up whenever I want. Like I have people who work for me, right? So I can wake up whenever I want. But of course, there are, I hold responsibility to myself. So there is shit I got to uh, get done. And but I can do it whenever I want to within the limits. So I love that. But there is a big negative, of course, is you have to keep track of everything. If the tax codes change, if some regulation passes, if whatever, whatever. There's no one knocking on your door and telling you, hello, sir, I would like to inform you that this and this has changed and you should change that. You know, you have to get and in, keep in, yourself informed. And if you miss something, you pay fines and all that shit. So there is a stress. You're kind of yeah, there's stress that comes with it. And... I guess it's up to uh, individual person. For me, it's worth it just because I've worked for the man for a while. Like, not a while, but I've done that, especially while going through college. And it pissed me off a lot. And I, I kept my job Fuck because yeah. I was good at it. If I wasn't good at it, I would be fired the very next day because... I would speak my mind, like, I keep my shit together up to a certain point, I'm trying to be nice, but then I'll, I'll just tell my boss how it is, and I'll be like, dude, I'm doing this and this and this, I'm doing my fucking job, shut the fuck up, don't touch me, don't talk to me, and go the fuck away from me, okay? And, like, that worked, because people still needed me, right? I, I did my thing. Uh, yeah, but still, even uh, that's how you know you're an intelligent person <laughs> if you can speak your mind and and do a, li a tad bit of threatening and still stay yeah, there. I guess so. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that's good shit. <laughs> All right, buddy. Um, I you know how I told you my bladder's the size oh, of yeah. a Twinkie. I'm about to kiss okay, my pants. Right. So you want to go to so, commercial um, break or something? I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah. If you want to grab a smoke, we're going to keep it rolling just because I'm not really good at editing yet. I don't have a guy for right, that right. quite yet. That's next, though. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I will be back in 30 seconds. I do want to talk about a bunch of other shit, so we're going to keep milking this shit, Alex. Okay, we're gonna okay. Keep rolling, I'm going to hit the John, too, and yeah, so, I'll be back soon, too. We'll be back in 30 seconds. Um, and all my listeners, just uh, try and envision uh, the beautiful silky voice of scott staff keeping you company from the band creed stay thug my friends
Oh, hello. It's your host, Cornelius. I'm back from the uh, facilities. What a wonderful podcast we're having today, folks. I just want to thank you guys for listening to Manscaped. Um, today's episode was brought to you by Ricky and his friend Kevin. What they do is they make um, uh, just delicious meatloafs. And they send it to you thawed out 100%. And you can purchase these for $1,000 per loaf. Welcome back, Alex. Hey, man. My brother. Yeah, good to be back. It feels like forever. <laughs> uh, dude, I haven't seen you in like 42 yeah. seconds. <laughs> what are you drinking there, dude? Uh, some Jack. Some Jack. Oh, shit. Alex is a little bit thugger yeah. than I am. I had like three craft beers. He's over here <laughs> drinking yeah. some Jack. But, hey, like, but dude, I'm weird. As you might see, I, I drink it as shots sometimes just because it's quicker and easier, I guess. But yeah, that shit happens. <laughs> That's not weird, dude. That makes you a baller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you doing tonight? Are you just chilling or... I'm not keeping no, you up, because no. we're we're on a ten hour time span. Yeah, right. Uh, right now it's twelve oh four, I think, a.m. Uh, back in my at my house at my spot, <laughs> I have a my personal time zone in my apartment. <laughs> oh shit, dude! <laughs> so yeah, it's midnight right now, but I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm I'm usually going to bed at like three a.m. Some shit like that. Oh, cool! So you're up there yeah. now. Do you uh, you have any consoles or anything like that? You play any video games? I used games? to play uh, on PlayStation Three when when that was still a thing. Um, but yeah. right now, no. I I play some Hearthstone, and uh, uh, I I did get into Dead by Daylight for a couple of weeks. I don't know if you've heard of that game. Yeah, but Hearthstone actually... I've heard of Hearthstone, yeah, okay. not, not Death by Day. So Hearthstone actually participated in a tournament and got in a fourth place here in the Kaz in Kazakhstan. It was like the tournament of the country and shit like that. But I'm not too bad at it. You got yeah, fourth place? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Close to the finals, but fucking lost. That's badass. Whatever, yeah. I, I participated in two of them, and yeah, <laughs> first one, I didn't know shit, didn't own any cards, so I didn't get anywhere. I think I went past, like, two rounds only, something like that, but yeah, second time, I I was more prepared, got some cards that were worth it, and yeah, got there. That's badass, man. You need to get a PS4. I think that'd be fun as fuck. You should uh, play with me. Yeah, for sure. What is that you're munching on? Some candy. What are you munching on? Is that nah. cheese? Yeah. Some candy? Just to, um, <laughs> you know, get that taste of the whiskey out of my mouth. What's your uh, go-to drink of choice? Because I'm a whiskey man, so... <laughs> Automatically, you're cool in my book. What's nice. your favorite drink that you uh, Dude, you fuck? Dude, you with? you just said it. That's whiskey. Yeah, that's whiskey? my jam. Do you guys have Do you have bars that are dedicated to whiskey? I love that you you still have the uh, American oh. phrases. By the way, my jam <laughs> and shit like that. It's Dude, beautiful. my that's wife beautiful. and me we speak English only at home. Like there are moments we speak Russian, but mostly we speak English and. Uh, I cannot watch anything 
that's not in English. Like, if it's in Russian, it's just the pure... Like, I might turn off a few people that speak Russian, but... Uh, that hear this, but I cannot tolerate Russian language anymore, really. It's just, I guess I've heard too much bullshit or something. I just got so used to English. Uh, it's my... Uh, that's how I live now, you know? It's kind of... Yeah. So, why is that a thing? Um, in the U.S., we all of our film, I feel like, is across seas. But I've never heard of any Kazakhstan films. Dude, there aren't any that are that good. Like, why is American culture... Yeah. Really? There are two and why is that a thing? That I could say are good that were made in Kazakhstan, but you would have never heard of them. Uh, people outside of Kazakhstan never heard of them. No, no, dude. Try okay, me. Okay, one is called... Um, Try me. How should I translate it better? Like, do you, is it a thing like racket, racketeer? Right, racketeering. You know what racketeering is, right? So, uh, yeah, it's not stealing. Just stealing. Stealing. It's coming to your place and being like, banging bitch for protection. So, yeah. the guy who does oh, that is okay, okay, a yeah, racketeer. Yeah, yeah. Like one, uh, one is uh, named that because it's based on true uh, things <laughs> on life. You know, Be best movies are natural. I know that right. movie. Right. Yeah. I, that's my <laughs> favorite you, film. You, that's my favorite it. Kazakhstan film. <laughs> What's your favorite uh, U.S. film? Well, I guess that's. All your films, but what's your favorite uh, film? Of course, it's a hard one because you can't really pinpoint, but I can name like a couple. And uh, each one uh, would have an angle at which I, uh, why I like it. It's not like a perfect movie, but an angle, you know? I really, I really enjoy yeah, Edge yeah. of Tomorrow, which they should have named Live, Die, Repeat. Oh. That should have been the name of it. I disagree with <laughs> what you said right there, but the begin they did mm -hmm. they changed the name of that movie. It is really? lived. I repeat now. Edge of Tomorrow is a badass fucking movie. Yeah, they changed I, I the name of it. How dare you, tomorrow. dude? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. It's just a great combination. No, of it's lived. I repeat. Many things. I love it. Edge of Tomorrow has got like a dark, like, ooh, what's that? Good but guys. Yes, oh, Goodfellas. Um, sorry. Uh, sorry Tom for Cruise, interrupting you, but Goodfellas is another movie I really enjoy. But, uh, no, you I, I, I feel a little, like, it's relatable, I guess, so uh, I like that movie. I'm not a mafia, I'm not gangster, but. Yeah, you're it's a fucking. Just, uh, no, no, no. You're a mob boss? I like the. You know, <laughs> reminds me of childhood. <laughs> no one's. No one's ever said that to me. Uh, Goodfellas is very uh, relatable. I uh, I shoved an ice yeah. pick in a guy's head once. So what were you gonna say about Tom Cruise? <laughs> Have you seen? Uh... Oh, okay. Uh, Tom Cruise is he's he's become like this guy, and it's just like, okay, we get it, Tom Cruise, and he's he's gonna be in a blockbuster, and everybody's gonna watch it. Edge of Tomorrow is a very underrated film, so that's awesome that you know that movie because here in the states, it's not like a I, that that's one of my favorite movies. Nice. That's a great film. So here in the states, it's not very popular, but I am obsessed with time travel. Yeah, you seen of course, back, back in childhood. 
Yeah, well, oh, this is Dr. Emmett Brown. I love the statue, man. Uh, <laughs> it's not a bobblehead, is it? Is one of yeah, my huh? one of my many statues. Um. So, do you like uh, American music too, or do you jam to Kazakhstan uh, music? I I listen to music from many different genres, and I have like a few songs here and there. Like in every genre, there are a few songs that I like, but I'm not very um, into music. You know, like uh, when I drive the car, my radio is on silent. Like I don't listen to music uh, on a regular basis. Yeah, when I'm really? in the mood, like maybe once in two, three weeks, I'll listen to a couple of songs. Or if I have nothing to fill my head with, then you know I'm taking a shower or something. I'll put on some songs. But usually it's Eminem or uh, Strangers in the Night, stuff like that. You know, uh, some different types of music. Eminem is a rap god. Eminem is nuts. He's a rap god. I was uh, I was watching Eminem freestyle last night. Holy shit! Mm. I don't think he's even from this planet. Oh my god! That's awesome, man. So you are you're a very uh, you're a very creative dude. I I did want to get into your book. This is pretty exciting shit. I uh, Nick or uh, Alex. I don't know why I keep saying. Nick. Yeah, this is the second time you call me Nick. Okay, <laughs> fuck you. I'm, I'm closing this. Yeah, yeah. I'm a piece. Of <laughs> yeah, he's ending the call. This is <laughs> thanks for joining Manscaped. <laughs> so Alex, Alex is a very uh, creative dude and very cool because I love creativity, as you might know. Uh, he is currently working on a book called Scar. It's autobiography. It's autobiography. Like there's not much creation going on into this. Meaning, like it's not creative book. Like it's not fantasy or like it's not a a book that I just came up with. You know, like I thought of it. It's autobiography. But even the idea of you sitting down and writing a book. I mean, that's expressing creative uh, functions. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Uh, where are you with? Well, yeah, where I'm, are you with? I, I feel like I'm putting finishing touches on it. But anyone who wrote a book or who is writing a book knows that there's never a point where you feel like, okay, it's done, it's perfect, it's everything I want it to be. At least I feel like it. You always think there is some room for improvement. Yeah, and. Um, I don't know. It, I I announced that I will publish the book probably like two years ago, man. And it's it's kind of bothering me at this point that I've announced it two years ago and I still haven't published it because I felt like I was there. But then, you know, you grow as a person and you start thinking maybe I should change this or that. Um, but yeah, in my book, I basically tell the story of my life up to... Like, I, I, I talk a little bit about uh, my life uh, from uh, my uh, ancestors up to the age I was 13 really quickly, and then I really get into the nitty-gritty of it because um, I had a... Um, like, that was a point of time in my life where a lot of things happened on an everyday basis, and I went through uh, quite a lot of shit. 
So I feel like that's worth telling, just sharing. And mostly, you know, it's, I don't, I don't write this book just to write the book. I went through some psychological struggles and just social struggles trying to fit in and just realize what life is. And I feel like somebody who is going through struggles similar could get something from it that would help them. And that would mean the world to me. If there is one person who reads the book and applies something that like they read from my experience and it helps them, uh, I've accomplished my mission. You know, that's kind of a reason why I haven't released it because I feel like if I'm going to influence somebody, I don't want that influence to have a bad point that would um, have a bad impact on somebody, you know? Yeah, you want it to be fully yeah, so it, fixed. People don't don't um, uh, so I don't make anyone's life uh, worse or they take my advice. It's not advice, but they read my experience, they apply it to their life, and it um, makes it more uncomfortable for them. I don't want that to happen. So I'm trying to figure out points uh, like that in right, my book. Absolutely. For sure. Um, so I want to talk about like the, the writing process. When you get back inside and we get to like a, a more – a better sound environment, I actually want to talk to the nitty-gritty about it, like where the whole Scarhead thing came from because it's such a f fucking fascinating story. Like the stories you told me when I was in school, I was just like, holy shit. Um, don't don't okay. worry about okay. finishing up. You can take your time. But I I myself I I'm a writer and I've been writing. Uh, I write fiction though, or yeah, fiction. So m much it's like t uh, time travel and creating characters that don't even. That exist. saves a lot of imagination. So you coming from a standpoint where you. Uh, <laughs> that's all I got though. I don't have a cool story. I, I was just like a chubby white guy that like somehow survived this whole time. <laughs> if I wrote a book about that, it'd be just like, ch oh, it'd be called on, dude, chubby white guy that has survived. But, hey, <laughs> owning <laughs> is beating it. That's what I can tell you for sure. So when you were getting down to writing your story, like, do you actually sit a time apart and write? Because that's that's my hardest thing is um just finding the time to do it because it, it does take like so much for sure so much time. especially uh, if you consider that you know you have to go out and um, get something get some resources to provide and shit like that uh, you really start valuing uh, where that time will come from because every hour that you take away from your earning, let's say, uh, and put into your book, it's the times that you uh, kind of lose on opportunity to earn, right? So that's been a big point for me. Yeah, being, uh, Since I am an entrepreneur, let's say, um, I choose my own time. 
like if somebody told me you have to work from eight to five or whatever, right? Uh, I work from eight to five. I'm sure I'm really tired and then like it's hard to find the time to write it. But when I'm my own boss, I'm like, okay, I can do it now. But then again, I have other shit that I could be doing right now, and you have to find the time. And it's kind of sacrificing. Uh, in some areas to improve in others, right? And that's a balance you have to find. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I do want to talk about the actual meat of the book. I feel like so it's called Scarhead, obviously, because are are your scars still prominent? Oh yeah, like hairs oh, yeah. grow there. Or... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right now. Yeah, you. Yeah. I. I, I want to talk about that. Uh, right now you might see that my hair is pretty short, right? Uh, and I uh, shave my head mm -hmm. um, because I've decided to really own it. Like um, my head is full of scars, and that's the point of the book. That that's why it's called Scar Head. And uh, as you said, I'm just a chubby guy. Whatever. whatever. Let's. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not saying anything about your weight, but uh, like one thing I can say is just you weren't a skinny guy, right? I'm fat, dude. I get so, it. So like you saying I'm a chubby is That's right. That's pretty right. much the equivalent of me calling it scar hat because I've decided I'm gonna own it all the time. I used to have long hair just so my scars are covered. And at some point of time, I decided, you know what? Yeah. I'm just going to shave my head and let everyone see my scars. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. I don't give a fuck. Uh, and, yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. When when we first met, you kind of, you, you went over the uh, what happened to you. And it obviously was pretty traumatic. So what are some of the injuries that you sustained that not, it wasn't only your head. It was multiple yeah body, yeah so right? uh i i could like uh on one thing on one hand you know you don't want to give out too much but the book is not about the injuries yeah, yeah, yeah. or like what happened uh to me in that time like what injuries i sustained it's more about the process of what happened after so i I feel pretty confident about uh, okay. letting it out there of what happened to me on that day. And I don't feel like it's spoiling the book at all because it's not about that. So basically, um, um, there was a guy who wanted to rob my apartment who just followed me. I was a kid. I was coming back from school and he, he was looking for some cash. And uh, basically, he, he under some circumstances uh, he got into my apartment uh, he asked for a glass of water or whatever you know i wanted to help but you know there is a saying like no good deed goes unpunished i feel like it's it's very very yeah. um applicable here so basically uh so he oh, got yeah. his justice oh, yeah. at home. Uh, he was found half an hour later oh, after yeah, all this went down. He went to Fuck prison, yeah. and uh, I don't know it 100% sure, like, confident, but I'm 99% confident that he died on the last day of his prison sentence. Just because other inmates, uh, yeah. Fuck him. like, they had their own 
sentence to him. They decided he's going to serve out his whole sentence, and on yeah. the last night, he's not going to get out. Because I was a little kid, and what he did was pretty bad. Jesus. So, yeah, on his last night, he, he as I've heard, he was murdered uh, in the cell. Yeah, and... Yeah, I don't feel grateful or anything. I don't feel happy or anything. I, I, I felt neutral. There was one thing that I felt it was a bit of relief because um, while he was even in prison, I I was getting messages that there was payback coming and whatever, you know. Like, I kept getting uh, some bad shit from him as people passed it on to me that he was coming for me and all that shit. So there was a bit of relief on that front, so basically, um, he like I'm not I am not sure about the actual term of this um, tool I shall call it, but uh, you, you know, in the kitchen some people might have it. It's uh, it looks like a mini mini X. Yeah, like, people a call cleaver. it cleaver. Well, cleaver looks like a knife, a right? Yeah, it looks like yeah. a big so, flat no, let, with a Imagine on. this. Imagine an axe, like, and now scale it down like three, four times. Basically, it's made for chopping up chicken and like beef bone and shit like that. On one side, there it looks like an axe, a okay. mini mini axe. On the other, it's for making uh, for uh, stomping meat. You know, like it's a hammer on the other side. Okay, so basically, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so it was like the length a, of yeah. uh, twelve inches, I would say, handle plus the blade and everything. But it looks like an axe, basically, mini mini axe, uh, whatever. So uh, he he got into the apartment and uh, he had the intention of robbing it, and I feel like he went in with the thought that he could not leave any. Uh, witnesses behind, I shall say. So he kept striking me with that mm -hmm. over my head, and uh, as I would think, the impulse for any human is to cover your head, and you cover it with your hands. So I'm missing three fingers because of that, because he kept chopping it, uh, he kept hitting me on the head with it. I was covering it up, and uh, he. Uh, this he, he cut off uh, three like it's not full fingers but it's like parts of three fingers and of course there are broken bones all that i have like over 20 scars on my hands and uh, at some point the handle broke because he he kept striking me so hard so often that the tool couldn't take it anymore and the tool broke and uh, Actually, like, it all started, like, he choked me, I passed out, then I started waking up, he got that tool from my kitchen and did that, and the handle broke, so he, like, I went down, like, I fell to the floor, like, two, three times, I kept uh, getting up, and at the last, uh, like, the last time before I went down and got, uh, he uh, got a couple of knives out of the kitchen. And, like, I, I got one knife out of his hands with a, like, with a kick. Like, I did what I could, right? Like, there was self-defense going on. We had a little battle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was but also, flight. I should mention, he was yeah. 
a um, military guy who was six feet two and buffed and he served like a an, a year and nine months in the service like a para what they called they jump out of the skies uh, like special forces that jump out of the skies with uh, paratroopers Par- yeah paratroopers yeah yeah so she was one yeah, of them, yeah, and yeah. that's like one of the better uh, forces in the country. So they were well prepared, and he was pretty big. Anyways, I got uh, he came in to the room with two knives. I got one out, and then he stuck another knife into my neck, and like it actually went through my neck. Like uh, it went in one side and came out of the other. And I just fell to the floor, right? Because oh my, uh, my knees weakened. I fell to the floor, and I lost consciousness. Yeah, you had to think. You had to think you were. You're At dying, that time, right? you, you don't like. It's like the just, moment when I thought I was dying, when he was choking me. At the very beginning, like he was choking me. I kept trying to get his hands off me. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, All this like, was just the survival. shock hasn't kicked in at that point. I thought I was dying, but once the whole thing with the tools and weapons came in, I was just in the survival mode with adrenaline pumping, right? I didn't think. I didn't have time to think. And it yeah. was all going on. And so when I went down with a knife in my neck, um, you could actually see like the handle on one side and the piece of the blade sticking out the other side of the neck because it was like a big-ass knife. Like that looked more like a cleaver, you know, uh, but with a shit. with a sharp end. So basically, uh, I was laying on the floor. Like I passed out for five seconds, probably maybe ten, and I woke up. Uh, I came to my senses, and I'm lying on the floor, and I was thinking, you know, if I'm gonna get up now, that's over. Like that's when logic kicked in. Like before that, I kept just jumping up, jumping up, and kept at it, right? So at this point, I was like, okay, I have a knife in my neck and all this bleeding, uh, all that shit. And I was like, okay, if I'm going to get up, I'm done. So the thing is also, I, I had my eyes open. So my thinking was, I can't close them now. So And you can't move. It's, it was kind of thing like, don't twitch, don't move, don't do shit. Like, pretend you're dead. Like, I actually literally played dead. And... Uh, Oh, yeah. And it fucking paid yeah. off like a goddamn yeah. bear yeah. was attacking you. So he, he grabbed like Christ. a blanket and covered me with it. And I just heard the noises. He walked around the house and was looking for money. While we actually had that fight, all that, he kept yelling like, where's the money? Where's the money? I knew where the money was. But at that time, it's maybe it was worse. Like. It wasn't worth saying because he would have killed me anyways, like in his mind, right? But I wouldn't say it just because I don't know why, but yeah. I didn't want to say it. I didn't say it, you know, because we had stacked. Uh, he didn't find it. And he, he didn't, didn't find shit. shit. So he did all that and he left the house. And we had a bell on the door, right? It's an apartment building. I was on the fifth floor, the highest one. So I heard the door close, and I heard his steps running down, like he was rushing down. I was like, okay, he's gone. I got up, and I went to the neighbors, uh, one floor, uh, one flight down. I knocked and asked for help. 
and you know then the ambulance came in like i went back to the apartment actually you know because i i didn't want to stay no not just that night that i mean night? like i knocked to the neighbors and uh, i asked to get the ambulance and they got fucking scared to shit so they closed the door on me and i was like okay uh, hopefully they'll call the ambulance and I went back up and went into the apartment, closed the door, and just sat by the door, waited. And then, like five minutes later, the ambulance came, and I opened the door for the, to the doctors. And that's pretty much the experience at that day. You know, like they took me to the hospital, all that shit. And there's another story to that, but it's a long ass story. That's a whole book for that, you know. But that's pretty much is the stuff I yeah, went yeah, through yeah. on that like Dude. very impactful day. So you saw like so much life just from that moment. You saw something that so many people didn't experience. Like, did that change you that day? Did that kind of make you cherish life? Yeah, because you almost died. Like. Yeah. You had a knife in your I, fucking I was like, throat. Like before the Dude. like uh, between the time I closed the door. Uh, when I got back and the ambulance came, I was looking into the mirror and like looking at the knife, all that like sticking out. And but um, concerning the outlook on life, it didn't change me. It did change me a lot. Like I grew up immediately. You know, at that point, like I stopped being a child, in my opinion. But I wouldn't say I started cherishing life. Some people come out of that thinking that life is precious and I survived. I'm all that happy. But what I, as I said, like in the book, my book is more about the struggles afterwards. And there is a lot that's coming from that, especially being in a small town. People all around you stop treating you differently. They don't look at you the same. They don't treat you the same. They walk around you they scared of you you know because yeah. more than half the town thought i was dead and then after i got out of the hospital they look at me as a fucking ghost so that just changed my perception of life and i i to be honest i just stopped caring you know i realized that life is can be lost this easily yeah. like one way to look at it is you should cherish every day and it's not like I didn't enjoy my life. I enjoyed my life, but I stopped fearing death. That was my biggest takeaway. Ever since that day, like uh, I actually clinically died. Like there, there doctor. Like there was a point of time three days after that happened. I was in the hospital. I was in a coma, but I died. Doctors couldn't do shit. They got me off all the machines. And after like 40 seconds or something, I started breathing. They already wrote down that I died. And I started breathing. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they were confident. So, so for me, after that, I just Jesus, looked dude. at life as whatever, you know. I'm not afraid to die anymore. I already faced that shit. It's harder to, you know, you struggle while you're dying or like... Uh, while you're living but if you're dead you're dead you know you don't really care your body doesn't care so for me that was a takeaway that don't be afraid walking around or you know all this is bullshit 
Yeah, man. So that's awesome that you took something so positive from it. And now you're fucking changing shit. You're making a book. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're, I you got, got married. married uh, you're married. A very beautiful and very smart wife, which I value very, very highly. For me, intelligence in, gir- in a girl is so much more than anything else. So we met, yeah, we met in college, and we've been together ever since. Yeah, actually, on the first of March, we celebrated our eighth anniversary. So that's pretty awesome. You've been been, married, like we've been living together for eight years. Yeah, like living together. uh, It's just uh, we we paid for our wedding. So it took us like a few years to gather up the cash to have the actual ceremony because it's a big deal to get married here and you want to live up to the standards of your relatives and all that. So like we spent quite a lot of cash on our wedding and it took us time to gather all, all that. But for us, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a good time well, though. Dude, the wedding day you really prepare for it when it's once it's gone uh you're like damn i should have invested that money <laughs> yeah no shit i could have bought a yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. civic or something you could have got a car with that money. yeah that's crazy man well we're about an hour and a half into this. I think we kind of covered some awesome topics, man. I'm very grateful that you're Thanks, still existing because you're a great dude. And it's awesome that you yeah. took something so You don't so want to talk to me anymore? Um, <laughs> do we have an idea? Of... Oh, I do. I, I, I want to save some I want to save some content for next time I have yeah. you on because it's happening again. I don't give a shit what you say. For sure, man. For sure. You're getting back on this, dude. For sure, man. Do we have an? Uh, do you have a projection when that book might be done, or are you going uh, to start selling it? I want to publish right? it uh, after like three months. I th- I feel like at, at this point of time right now, I have a timeline of three four months uh, where I want to put it out there already uh, to have it on sale. You know, uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be on Amazon. That's my primary location where. Uh, you know, people can go out and buy it, but yeah, I, I have a Facebook page. I never turn down a friend, so if anyone is ever interested, you know, you can just befriend me and you'll get an update from me. Fuck yeah, man. Um, dude, when you are ready to release that, I'd be happy to sponsor a podcast based on your book, and I'm sure we can get some movements. I'd, I'd actually set up Thanks, an Amazon man, giveaway for you, it. so that's a thing. And uh, no, for real, like I, I definitely want to see that. And you and I should share our shit back together so we can kind of take yeah, a look at yeah. it and see where we're at, man. But thanks thank for you so much me, for sitting man. down with me today. Anytime. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You down with doing it again? <laughs> Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Hey, I'm going to hold you to the whole sleeping <laughs> no, no, on the floor no, I got a bed. Too. Oh, you mean you. I told you, you ain't going <laughs> to sleep on the, on the floor. He's got You're going to sleep on the bed, man. Yeah. There are plenty of beds. <laughs> That's right, man. You heard it here first. <laughs> All right, guys. We are uh, coming to an end here on Manscaped. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you, Alex, for sitting with me. This is a great fucking episode. We got some... Uh, Awesome shit, and Alex, I hope you swing back by here for soon, sure. dude. Thanks, every, thanks to everyone, whoever's um, listening. And yeah, it's been great. 
Absolutely, dude. All right, we will catch you on the flip side. And remember, my listeners, you guys do your best to stay thug out there. And always remember, trim your fucking bush, you sick, disgusting caveman. I love you guys. Goodbye.